All right. Welcome to the MindWorks Podcast. Welcome back with Dre and Kev. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, sir. So today we're actually going to talk a little bit about this idea of hedonism. Now, for those of you that don't know what hedonism is, hedonism is basically a, I guess, a, a pursuit of life through pleasure and self-indulgence. Now, a lot of times the reason why we're bringing this up is because, you know, this is related a lot to like, I guess, men. I think sometimes as men and, and research studies actually do show that um, men are more likely to seek things that are more pleasurable than women. Women tend to seek things that have a little bit more meaning and purposefulness within their lives. It's kind of just like, you know, research studies do show that that uh, men tend to have like fantasies of participating in pleasurable situations. It kind of goes to this idea that a lot of people are driven by sex, you know, and it goes even further back. If we take a look back into history, you guys all know that I'm going to talk about Freud right here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Freud was from the Victorian era. And Freud basically, you know, the Victorian era was like, what, in the 1850s to like the, the early 1900s or whatever. The Victorian era was a time period of sexual um, repression. And a lot of Freud's theories are based on, you know, uh, sexual issues. He relates a lot of his theories to uh, sexual problems and things like that, which is very interesting. You know, he created that whole concept of the Oedipus Rex complex and um, you know, saying that uh, a, a baby boy or a child boy falls in love with their mom to a sexual extent. And, you know, a lot of people are always blown back by that I, I, uh, theory, which I can understand why, you know. I mean, a lot of times when you think about it in society, uh, just reflecting on your own relationships, how many of you, uh, you know, get into a relationship where the person reminds you of either your, you know, if you're a man, your mom, or if you're a girl, your father, I mean, it's very interesting how sometimes we can we tend to like search for these things uh, without even recognizing it to some extent, you know. Yeah, um, and Freud is the godfather of psychology. <laughs> I think that's not arguable. I think every psychologist, whether you like them, love them, or whatever, you there's some basis there that a lot of psychological theories work off of. So I think the Victorian era during that time is a lot different than modern day. Yeah. So I think a lot of his theories and a lot of the way he relates is because that was his society at the time. So although <laughs> society has changed, I think fundamentally a lot of things haven't changed. So I think what I always start with is as humans, our two jobs are to survive and reproduce. Mm. Right. So we need to be able to have nourishment and safety and shelter in order to survive and then we need to reproduce kind of in order to survive as well as a species because if we stop reproducing then we stop existing exactly. so that's why i like to like start my all my psychological theories and my work is just because i feel like intrinsically before we learn language before we learn customs and culture we came with two things you want as a baby you want to make sure you eat and you're protected and nice and warm. And then as you adult, then you kind of your reproduction system starts to kick in and you want to reproduce, have sex, yep. survive. There's a lot of meaning behind that. So you want to do the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just in it. It's, I mean, we're, it's very I, I know it's very primitive, but, you know, I, with time, we we're I mean, we're primitive point blank period. But, you know, you know, an interesting fact about instinct, right? You know that um, humans are born with one innate instinct. It's What's that? The instinct to survive. 
Um, when you look at the animal kingdom and you look at other animals, like let's say uh, turtles, for example, when they're born, they know their instinct when they're born is to head towards the light. Mm. So they, you know, crack the shell, the, their egg, they crack out of their eggs in, in, the, in the sand and then they walk to the beach and that's where the light is glistening at. Oh. So like their instinct is to, you know, uh, head towards the light. If you look at other animals in the animal kingdom, other animals have instincts like, you know, like marsupials, for example. Marsupial is an animal that has like the patch, like a kangaroo or a koala bear. And those animals, like their instinct is to like once they're birthed, they know how to like hop right into the mother's patch. Okay. So like they're born with the instinct to to hop in their mom's patch. It's like, but humans, the only instinct that we're actually born with is the instinct to survive. And you see this when a baby's born, they cry, they fuss, they're kind of like crying to get the attention, to get nurtured, to get taken care of. So it's actually just a very interesting fact that human's instinct is the instinct to survive. That's the only instinct they're born with. Right. And our only fears are of heights and loud noises. So what does that say? We consciously start to incorporate a lot of other thoughts and patterns with our culture and our society environmental and maybe not so much a biological so mm-hmm. one of these things is hedonism um that's and what talking about yeah and that's what and that's what you know i wasn't too well versed in this particular term mm-hmm. so we dre and i were talking about a little bit before and it sounds like it's all about pleasure yeah sounds yeah. so much fun and dandy where Hedon- can i sign up yeah hedonism is all about you know the pleasure principle i guess and you know i think the main thing about hedonism is that you know people who get lost in it it's like getting lost in a hole you know you just Mm. keep circling back into this life full of debauchery and 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 kind of just you know putting yourself in positions ultimately for pleasure that you completely skip over meaningful situations so people who are very hedonistic tend to also become like almost like nihilistic to some extent and, you know, nihilism is basically the idea of, um, you know, th- basically that life is completely meaningless and that death is the answer for everything. Someone who's very nihilistic looks at life in the most negative way. And that actually perpetuates into some people's depression. Remember, I told you guys before, if you listen to the podcast, that um, I believe that, you know, a lot of the ways that we think is what leads to our ways of depression and the ways that we feel. So my thing, I guess what kind of sparked up while you were talking about pleasure seeking Mm -hmm. is that because of our chemical makeup, our biological makeup, I feel that sometimes when we have this pleasure, we want more pleasure, right? Like we want is there's a certain kind of unit in our brain where it's like, damn, that was good. Mm -hmm. I wonder what it feels like to have that times two, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hear that a lot from uh, strong drugs, you know, such as heroin and, and other those in that category, where it's like, once you get one dose, like you want that, that dosage, like you're, you're chasing the high, that's what they call it. So I'm just curious uh, in this psychological theory of hedonism and like at what point or how much pleasure or what is the standard of pleasure? Um, because it sounds like, yeah, we could be like little bunnies out there seeking pleasures <laughs> and everywhere and, um, you know, just just popping eggs and, and taking all these drugs and pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. But, you know, I, how, how, does, how is it more practical to reality? Well, you know, uh, I guess it, it kind of like entails also like a, a gender difference. Like men tend to fall into the habits of hedonistic 
ways, behaviors. Um, and I think if you're talking biologically, I think it's also related to like, you know, you could go even go into like an evolutionary theory here and say that like, you know, men are meant to reproduce. Like we have the sperm, the women have the eggs. Women take a longer time to, you know, get back into action to make more kids. A man could just go around and spread his seeds as, as much as he wants, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's like a, an unfortunate sort of biological issue that I, I, you know, I believe a lot of men kind of have to some extent, you know, always seeking pleasure for things. You know, it's always like self-indulgence, especially when it comes to sex. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, I think a lot of things in life that we all do, not just men, but also women is, you know, based on like a lot of our motives, according to Freud's theories and stuff like that also, is that a lot of our motives are, are primarily related to sex to some right. degree. I mean, you know, um, <clears throat> you go out to the club, you go out to the lounge, you know, you're dressing up, you, you know, you're going to tell yourself, you know, just for women, I think if you're going to tell yourself, like, I'm dressing up because I want to go have a good time with my friends. But deep down inside, there's something within there that I think is leading you to want to go outside with your friends because you want to meet somebody and have fun with that person to some degree. Same thing for men. I think when men go out, they want to sort of, you know, engage in some sort of pleasurable activities while they're out, whether it be, you know, going to the club, whatever the case may be, and getting involved with with other women, you know? So I think like there's, and you could say like, oh no, I'm just going out because I want to have fun. But I think at the end of the day, subconsciously deep down inside, there's some sort of sex motivation there or some sort of sexual motive to going out. So, and also dressing. Like yeah. why, why, do we, why do we dress a certain way? Why are we wearing certain things? You why know? are you wearing that shirt, man? I mean, cause I, I, lo- I love this shirt. This is actually that Kanye 24 shirt. Kanye 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I get what you're saying. Um, one thing that I guess, um, is used interchangeably as you're talking about hedonism is, uh, I guess, sex for pleasure, and but you're also talking about sex for its reproduction, right? Sex for reproduction and sex for pleasure. And one thing, like, I'm, I'm thinking in my head is, like, all right, so let's say we're in this apocalyptic, apocalyptic era mm-hmm. where uh, we're not able to just have multiple kids because they won't survive. We know they won't survive for whatever reason. Let's think of a scenario. Mm-hmm. Is it more important to have... Or is it more pleasurable to have one child that is able to grow, survive, and thrive, or 10 children who may not be able to grow, survive, and thrive because there's not enough, uh, I don't know, food and nourishment for them to reproduce? Basically, it's one flower that blooms better, quote-unquote, than 10 10 flowers that semi bloom oh i mean of course i think that like taking care of one child i mean like even in in today's society like if you have one child less expensive um also like you you spend more time with that child that child can develop and become a better person i think it's better to have uh in today's society in today's day and age i think it's better to have less kids because you can spend more time with each one of them because i think there's nothing like that parental love that kids receive yes i think like you know it's definitely an important thing for mental health and, and a person's self-esteem and self-confidence if you come from a big family if you look at big families you can see these sort of lacks of confidence in the younger kids because there's yeah. just some so many kids to some degree that like they never got the attention from their parents because they're too busy taking care of all the other kids so, boy, in hedonism, 10 nuts is better than one. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get to, right? So, so basically, yeah, hedonistic individual Nick would probably want to... Yeah, Nick Cannon. <laughs> Nick Cannon. 
know? Yeah, Nick Cannon, right? There's a funny ass meme where it's like show like the, the this is somebody's prediction of what the world's gonna look like yeah. in like twenty years, and it's like all Nick Cannon's faces. Nick Cannon, young dog's brother. Like the human population got, like, is gonna be wise, so different woman. <laughs> that's funny, man. That's funny, but you know, I think, but you know, I I can't really talk on Nick Cannon, but you know, I don't think. I mean, maybe that's his meaning, but it sounds very hedonistic that he's going around like impregnating all these women. I mean, it is pleasurable to do that, but when when can you actually settle down? When is that settlement gonna, you know? <laughs> so I can't really talk for him and being him being hedonistic or, you know, um, not hedonistic because I don't right. know him. But it seems like it sounds more like it, potentially, and I'm not speaking about Nick Cannon, <clears throat> but it sounds like somebody who in that realm of just let's nut wherever we go. It seems a little bit narcissistic in a sense of just like, I'm going to just get mine and the consequences are consequences. I'm not the one that's going to deal with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. It's a pleasure at the time and boom, boom, boom. And then I get to leave and seek more pleasures elsewhere and not have to worry about, you know, the consequences of pregnancy and birth. And mm-hmm. if the child survives, cool. If he doesn't, then, you know, one less egg that survive. And <laughs> in, a, in a hedonistic standpoint, maybe yeah. that's more in a narcissistic standpoint, but... You know, I think that's like an extreme version that could. So I think some people kind of. Well, once again, you know, you go down that hedonistic realm, you're basically going into like a a black hole of just like nothingness. Like you're just going to constantly keep getting pleasure. You're going to constantly keep fucking women or, you know, uh, having sex with men or whatever. And you're just going to keep going. You're not going to find purpose that way or meaning. And I, I, you know, I'm you could you could, you know, argue with me on this. But I think the biggest meaning for human experience is having kids. And this is why, like, I think, like, people who stray away from that, um, you know, are more prone to, like, depression and, like, meaninglessness in their mm. life. Because, you know, I think as as a parent myself, I feel like my child has brought about so much meaning within my life that is, like, you know, I'm not even worried about certain things. It, like, calmed my anxiety down. I mean, I'm more anxious about his well-being. Mm. But I feel like, you know, that's just parent, parental instinct. You know, and I think like kids bring about a lot of meaning, like seeing them grow from when they were a baby all the way to like when they're an adult. You know, that's, that's a very meaningful experience for people. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not here to judge people who are like, you know, not on the board of having baby like babies. I mean, it's like whatever. But I just feel like it's the most um, meaningful experience like that you can actually have as a human. And I know a lot of people are against it. Some women are just like, yeah, I'm never having kids. I don't see myself having kids. Right. And it sucks because of your circumstances, mostly, not your nature, because your biology is to have kids. So, like, you're going against your own nature, which can be like, you know, I don't know if that could be a problem. I mean, it could be a problem even bringing up that conversation. I <laughs> mean, like, because it's a, it's a hey, big insecurity. Like, for why, a why, why were we given these balls and these testicles? Why were we given these eggs and these uterus? Like, why, why is that? Why do we have these physical things that like, you know, like what's the purpose of it? Just yeah. Like go around living a hedonistic lifestyle or, you know, finding meaning in family and raising kids. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent. I second that. I think, um, you know, a, a, a man who has a kid and the kid is the purpose to provide and protect that child, the mother and just the household itself. I think that's the biggest purpose in life. And I honestly, like, I guess that's one thing that I really, judge people i'm not even gonna lie like mm. uh, how well do you take care of your kids as compared of your other things that you do in your life like for mm. men who just kind of nut here nut there disappears like i i feel like it's telling of a person's character for sure mm. um and a more so of a man's character because i've i mean i've had men in my life who are married with kids 
in my immediate family and even in my outside family. I'm like, damn, that's a man. That's who, I don't have any kids. By the way, I'm looking, so just in case, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your sister, your mother, tell her, give me a call. But, you know, I think that when a man becomes a man, and I think Shia LaBeouf said this in an interview, right, at one point, is when he has to provide for someone else, yeah. right? And, I, and a child is nothing <clears throat> like it because this is your seed. It's like your, your, your replica, kind of. Like your genes are going in there. There's, there's more... There's a, a physical and a metaphysical connection that's going on there. So I do think that, you know, I, I, I big up people who just take care of their family, like, you know, and they leave all the hedonistic shit behind and they're like, yo, I'm not going to go out Friday night, Saturday night or whatever and, mm-hmm. you know, riz up this other girl and, and start doing this because I don't know, I, I you know, I may put in, be putting my life in danger going out there, being out at two in the morning, possibly getting shot, killed or whatever. And then who's going to provide for me and my family, right? Yeah. So I judge guys for that. I'm, I'm going to be honest, right? Like if you out there risking your life just for entertainment and purpose and you know you got two mouths pleasure. to feed and for pleasure um, and, you got, and you got two mouths to feed, then you're kind of like, it's not it, dude. Yeah. Personally, for me, that's the way I see it. Yeah. And like, you know, once again, like a lifestyle, like once again, like I'm not trying to like... Um, judge people that don't want to have kids. I definitely understand that there are multiple reasons for that, but you also got to understand that you're kind of, the reality is, is that you're going against your own like nature that, that is given to you by whatever you want to say, God or whoever you were given this. Right. So why are you not using it in a, you know, in a healthy way to bring meaning for your own life? Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing also that <clears throat> I mentioned before is like, it's a little bit different, I guess, sex and pleasure for men than women and you know people can argue with me on this it's fine i think that there is difference in repercussions right a man you can nut and you can just walk away and what happened a female is like you have to deal with the consequences of that nut and you know i think that you know sometimes it's like you don't want you want just the pleasure especially now in modern day where it's just like bad bitch this, um, you know, and, and all that independent and kind of uh, mixing of, you know, bad girl. Well, you know, you know where I'm getting at. You know, <laughs> we kind of just like go out and have meaningless sex or just have sex for pleasure. I think it just, it doesn't, it's not the same, man. It's just not the same because you don't have to, de- I, I don't have to deal with the consequences. Like you have to deal with the consequences. You have to make hard choices if you that seed is in you and starts growing, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to deal deal with moral standpoints and this and that. And it's like I think when it comes to hedonism, I wonder how hedonism applies to women. Yeah, I think it's, I think it, I think it could be applied. I mean, it's just all about the idea of looking for pleasure and just gaining pleasure in whatever way and self indulging in things that are pleasurable. So it could be different. Doesn't it have to be like I don't think it has to even to be, be sex. sex. It right. could be like other things, you know. Um, yeah, like, you know, there's just like sort of like that debauchery stuff and things like that. Like, that's what hedonism is all about. <clears throat> I feel like, I don't know, I'm not a woman, so I can't speak for women, but for the women in my life, like uh, their biggest pleasures is having a household and having that, you know, that, that sustainability. Yeah. And being able to nourish and, and being able to, to be that, that you know, that survival tool for a child, nurture, yeah. I well, that's, that's for a lot of women that you know, but, like, a lot of my, like, some of the clients I work with are, like, out of that boat. Like, they, some people really just don't want to have kids, you know, and, like, yeah. 
you know, all respect to that. I mean, that's just, that's your life. That's what you want to do. You know, and I'm pretty sure like a lot of those people that are probably listening to this podcast that can relate to that probably have a lot of people in their lives telling them like, when are you having a kid? Like, what is what's going on? You know? Like bo- those bothersome family set, uh, you know, uh, dinners where you're being bothered for by that question. When are you having kids? When are when the grandkids coming? But like what percent of women really can't have kids? I have a feeling it's a really small percent. Like, yeah, I, it really I, depends I, on I'm, physical re- disabilities. I, I, I understand there's reality, but is there practicality in terms of what real percent of women can't have kids? I don't I don't know what the actual statistic is, but I I'm guessing like 90 percent of women can have children. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, they're born with it, but some some women, once again, have like cervical issues, ovary issues, things yeah. like that. So it's probably like a, a smaller amount. And then also age plays a huge role in all that. Mm-hmm. But I just think like the whole hedonistic thing, you know, it kind of, you know, those those individuals that engage in that kind of have like an interesting type of personality. You know, they have like a sort of like Machiavellianism, narcissistic personality. You know, once again, just to tell you guys or I guess educate you guys on what Machiavellianism is. Machiavellianism, they, it refers to, so Machiavelli was a, an Italian prince that basically faked his death to get what he wanted, whatever, during that time period of life. So basically when somebody describes your personality as being very Machiavellianism, it means that you're the type of individual that gets it by any means necessary. So like, you know, a lot of guys that participate in like hedonistic behaviors or, or live that hedonistic lifestyle, these individuals are really going based off mostly probably like their impulses you know, to get something, to get some sort of pleasure out of somebody, or you know what I mean? So it's like, um, it's kind of like, get it by any means necessary. Like, I'm going to bring this girl home tonight and do it. You know what I mean? And so while we're there, I think that, I think we also need to, part of pleasure as well is being real about privilege. Mm. Like not every man is going to have the privilege to get all these pleasures, especially when it comes to sex especially when it comes to modern day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I do believe women are very selective on who they have sex with. And if you don't have the six feet, six figures, six inches <laughs> on you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be very difficult for you to get play. Like six inches. <laughs> they, they say like one out of three men below the age of 30 is not having sex right now. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, in 2022, it's a hard night of life out there. And you better have some money you better have some game you better have some some looks you better have the height you better have this you better have that and damn it's a hard knock life so part of this hedonism really sounds like like privileged like you have the privilege to do that you have the money to to seek out these pleasures go on a yacht go on a boat go on you know have these women do the androtation like an average man can't do that you know what i'm saying so like we just kind of like I don't think it's healthy for people to see all that and not be able to have access or even like it's not practical for the average guy to, you know, engage in these hedonistic behaviors. All right. Yeah. So like, I guess when it comes to, you know, men being privileged to participate in hedonism, it it does kind of, you know, make a lot of sense, I guess, to some degree. I mean, yeah, a lot of um, I feel like you usually see it like maybe uh, hedonism seems to be more correlated with that famous lifestyle being like someone famous and like, you know, big name and stuff like that, that gets all these women and gets all the pleasures of life, such as like, you know, sports cars and women and things like that. So, you know, they, they definitely have probably been there at some point in their lives and they realize there's no real purpose here. 
I'm pretty sure if you ask any sort of celebrity, maybe even ask Andrew Tate <laughs> or, you know, anyone, they, they would say the same thing. They'll probably be like, you know, like ha having, you know, multiple partners, having sex with many people. That's not it. That's not like, you know, meaningful and stuff like that. Maybe to some extent, some people probably really indulge in that after having so much money and success. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to, you know, finding purpose and finding meaning and purpose and uh, sacrificing pleasure for purpose. I think that's a big thing. And especially for the average guy, I'm talking about the mm -hmm. average guy. It's very important for you to be able to sacrifice mm -hmm. the little pleasures of uh, staying in and watching Netflix and eating a whole bunch of junk food and not exercising <laughs> and just kind of indulging in social media and watching all of our podcast episodes, <laughs> you know, in one shot and then rewatching it the next day. But seriously, like just indulging, indulging, indulging. And nowadays in modern society, there's so mm. many different avenues of indulgement. There's sports, there's fast food, so there's women, there's, there's, uh, you know, just these little pleasures. And I feel that we sometimes could get stuck in there and then our life is just meaningless because it's not geared towards a purpose and it's not oriented towards something bigger and you're not sacrificing the immediate gratification for long-term gratification. That's my kind of, it sounds scary for the average person, this hedonism thing, because they're going to find low weight, low vibrational and low ways of, seeking pleasures mm -hmm. and they're going to sacrifice their time and energy, which is our only and number one investment is time and energy mm -hmm. into kind of seeking these low vibration pleasures or drugs and alcohol. That's like another two big ones, right? Especially for broke people. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you get up. That's how you get this hedonistic <clears throat> boost from. No, that's very interesting that you said that because then it made me ask the question, are we all, participating in the sense of hedonism then if it's like all about self-indulgence and pleasure and a lot of people are like constantly using their phones every day and getting pleasure from that or you know even like uh you know like in many different ways like you know it's it's like how do you you know what i mean like it, it just sounds like very it could become so generalized like you could even say that like people who you know get pleasure from going to the gym and they go every day it's like hedonism let me look up the exact definition of hedonism. Yeah, look up the quick. exact definition because I when I think part of going to the gym, yes, there's probably some sense of pleasure that you get from it. I mean, I know I get some pleasure from it at the time. It's a stress reliever. It's so uh, the know, pursuit so. of so hedonism is the pursuit of pleasure, sensual self indulgence, and in philosophy, it's the ethical theory that pleasure in the sense of the satisfaction of desires, is the highest good and proper aim of human life. Desires are unlimited. Hmm. In my mind, desires are unlimited. Like, we could desire a lot, and we could seek unlimited pleasures. And we yeah, see it that. says... Excuse me. It says, hedonism is the belief that pleasures or the absence of pain is the most important principle in determining the, mortal the morality of a potential course of action. Pleasure can be things like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but it can also include any intrinsically valuable experience like reading a good book. So hedonism could be any sort of form of like seeking pleasure. I don't know where that morality word came from because I think a lot of times uh, in order to seek some of these pleasures, you're going to have to overcome some moral compass. Yeah. Like yeah, but like it could be like any sort of intrinsically motivated things. Just <clears throat> for those of you that don't know, you know, the difference 
because like something that's intrinsic like the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation is that like intrinsic motivation is when you do something for the sake of doing it you're intrinsically motivated extrinsic motivation is when you do things because uh of some sort of external reward or something so you know you could use the two words extrinsic and intrinsic and you know extrinsic is like external intrinsic is like internal um so sometimes like some motivators for people it's like an example of extrinsic motivation is like if i asked you hey kevin uh mow my lawn and i'll give you like a hundred bucks hundred i mean like you know but but then if you do it then you're extrinsically motivated by the fact of getting the money but if i asked you to do it as a favor and you do it It, you know, and you do it as a favor, then you're intrinsically motivated to do it because it'll make you feel good because you're doing it just for the sake of doing it. Now, it's different. It's sometimes important for people to identify their intrinsic motivators and their extrinsic motivators. Like, for example, uh, when I work with kids or adolescents, you know, I, I try to encourage them to build up their intrinsic motivation towards like school and stuff. You know, how do you do that? Well, that's my that's my that's my sauce right there. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into that, but that's what I help kids really try to uh, get into is like being more intrinsically motivated by school. You know what I mean? Because a lot of kids I feel like are more extrinsically motivated by school because the grades, the, you know, the gratification from the parents, um, you know, I'm doing this to make my mom happy. I'm doing, you know, so a lot of kids become very extrinsically motivated for education and that becomes a problem. I think when you're raising a child, the best way to develop a child's intrinsic motivation towards school is by making it fun for the child, make it interesting. Like you as a parent have that power. You know, if you have time to spend with your child and go through the schoolwork and things like that and play around with it and make it interesting, then you could really set your child up for some sort of intrinsic motivation of a good work ethic or, you know, being a good student. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like an interesting thing to identify intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Mm-hmm. When you said something came up in my head when you said seek pleasure and avoid pain or something like that. And I guess that's like fundamentally yeah we want to seek pleasure and avoid pain but i don't feel like there's much progress in avoiding pain i feel like part of purpose and moving towards change and growing and evolving it's like you had to break those muscles you had before to get the new muscles that are bigger stronger and Mm -hmm. and and more nourished right and i think also like plants you know even from the beginning a seed has to crack open and you know, it has to grow and develop. So I think that part of this, again, this whole theory of just, you know, like very primitive, just like seek pleasure, seek pleasure. I could, I'm just thinking of like the American guy, <laughs> the American way, just like with a Coca-Cola from McDonald's, <laughs> watching, a, a, watching sports in a Netflix series, you know, like, you know, like very privileged, probably has someone in the bedroom they paid for and you know what i'm saying like yeah that he's a hedonistic prince of the world but is he like is that a gratifying identity to like have mm. like for me i see more gratification long term in again having a dynasty building a legacy mm-hmm. you know leaving something behind leaving a, a, your kingdom well nourished and well prepared for generationals generations to come generational wealth Right. And and having not only your immediate family, but your extended family in positions where, you know, it's maybe they're not seeking pleasures as much, but they're not in this uh, struggle and just, you know, constant daily struggle of having to pay off debts and having to work overtimes and all these things like 
for me personally, I guess, I don't know if maybe that's, that's hedonistic of that. I want those pleasures of being able to <laughs> feel, experience pain, you know, be it. No, being able to like kind of uh, relieve other people's pains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think pain is a big part of life that can't be avoided. And I think it helps people grow. You know, I think you can't grow without pain. Like you said, when you're building muscle is exactly like even on the physical realm, you can't really like, um, avoid pain to grow. You kind of need pain to grow. And I, you know, as I work with people, especially people with like traumas or adjustment issues and things like that, you know, I always tell them that this pain is, is, is serving its purpose. You know, it's, it's a purposeful experience that you're going through. So like, you know, it's, it's something that's good, actually. Don't look at it like it's bad or putting you down or negative. You actually can look at it like this is actually changing my life in some sort of way for a bigger meaning or something. And then I have to process that with clients to sort of get them to understand that, which is very interesting, you know, and I love doing this work. Like, I, I, yeah. love, I love doing that type of work, like going through people's pains and traumas and kind of like adding meaning to it and helping them add meaning to it. It's very... Um, and I don't know, just to me, it's like really good. Pleasure? Pleasure. Hedonistic, huh? Hedonistic. <laughs> That's my hedonistic tendencies, I guess. You know, I get pleasure from that, I guess, to some extent. Or not pleasure, I would say more like happiness. But is yeah. happiness pleasure then? I think Fulfillment? Fulfillment. Yeah, I think it's more so fulfillment than gratification. pleasure. Like gratification. Was that pleasure? Is that pleasurable? Validation. Happiness is kind of pleasurable. I mean, when you... <laughs> there's, there's also a hedonistic idea I don't know how western it is I don't know the history of it mm-hmm. But just like takes and bits of it Sounds very individualistic mm-hmm. In a sense And you know I think that It's contrary to a lot of the peeps That we work with Especially in the Latino mm-hmm. house Where it's very collective It's a collective mm-hmm. thing At least, I, at least so naturally mm-hmm. um, And you know I, I wonder You know I feel like Hedonism is good for marketing and making money. That's oh, what keeps yeah. coming up in my mind. And just like if you're just seeking pleasures, you're always constantly spending money and spending your energy, which is the number one commodity, is you're just giving it all away to entertainment. And you're not it's it seems like a like a black hole. Like how much you can, how much can you get? Exactly. You know it's it's very yeah, it just leads to meaninglessness at the end of the day because you just keep going for the same thing over and over and over. It's kind of like a drug addict, you know, when it comes to, like, the pleasure that they get from doing the drug. It kind of just, you know, they find themselves in these meaningless situations and relationships a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. But very interesting, you know, little topic about hedonism, nihilism, Machiavellianism, all those isms, you know. So we, did, we talked about a lot of things today. We talked about extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation, we spoke about, I guess, like how hedonistic principles can, uh, you know, lead to meaninglessness and sort of uh, negativity. Um, and yeah, it's important, once again, to always search for meaning in life and try to find meaning within things that happen to you on a daily basis. You know, whether it's, you know, work related or family related, having kids, whatever the case may be, you know, at the end of the day, this is what we're here for. Basically. Yeah. What if these also, what if these pleasures are negative coping tools like just negative ways to cope with all what you were saying before just like you're stuck being stuck in life and not having purpose and just 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 cope copism copism (laughs) yeah copism right like maybe that's what it is maybe a lot of these people that participate in these pleasure-seeking behaviors like just aren't finding their meaning in life and their meaning isn't significant enough to hold those impulses back 
Yeah. But I think it's actually really, really, actually, that's, that's actually cool that you said that now that I think about it. Now that when I work with people, I'll always try to like identify like their meaning to help control their impulses. Cause I think, it, you know, meaning does help a lot when it comes to like impulses. Like I know it reminded me of this client that I have and, um, you know, he, this guy was like, you know, whatever, like a, a cheater or whatnot. And, um, he had a, a kid, he had a son. And after his son was born, he stopped that behavior. Hmm like for the kid. And I think the kid was significant, meaningful enough to have him stop cheating. I've seen that a lot, to be honest. I've seen that a lot. And I, but I, I've also seen the, uh, the opposite. Like I've also seen folks yeah, who got kids yeah. and they're like, whatever. And they did. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like everyone's meaning is very subjective. Yeah. So that to that individual, like having a kid is like nothing. It's like bullshit. Right. Or maybe he's just living that hedonistic lifestyle and doesn't, but I've know. also seen like what you said, where he has a kid and he just straps down and looks like a completely different human. It's like, whoa, where did this guy come from? Yeah, right. That's crazy. So yeah, you know, these things can change people. And ladies, don't go trying to impregnate or get pregnant by every man. By the way, disclaimer. <laughs> that's not a good idea. <laughs> not a great idea. <laughs> not just that's just one individual. Don't don't generalize this information to your life as well. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder. I mean, we didn't use the, the the L word, love. I wonder how this connects to love. Hedonis, hedonism and love because love is part of pleasure. I mean, when you date someone, you love someone, it's pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the whole philosophy. It could go in circles, you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, this is where it comes down to. Life is about balance, right? You don't want to indulge in too much pleasure. You kind of want to step back and be able to find balance within the things that pleasure you and within things that are going to lead you to meaningful life experiences. Yeah. And that's where the balance lays. So find that balance, people. It could be very significant, very important. But uh, we're going to end it here for today, and uh, we'll talk more about these topics in our next episode. Yes, sir. Stay tuned and subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe. And comment, too. What do you think about this whole hedonism thing, man? Let us know. All right. Peace. Peace.